Cougs house. All right, the Houston Cougars have the best basketball team in the country this season, but who's going to be on the team next season? Let's talk about some basketball recruiting and what that team's going to look like right now. You are Locked On Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougs, daily podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach Parker Andrews, here to break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater, can just stop by, or in this case, I guess a fan of some high school basketball players that we're going to be talking about today, uh, please be sure to subscribe down below so you can get the latest on the Cougs in your newsfeed each and every day. We appreciate you making Locked On Cougs your first listen of the day uh welcome to the youtube channel it is great to see you again uh remember as we get to 500 subscribers we're gonna be giving away a gift package with sparkle uh sparkle is the uh, glass cleaning they do all kinds of stuff for uh, they have kind of chemicals to help you clean your monitors and all kinds of stuff uh fun fun company to be a part of uh so we'll be working with them to give away something at 500 the 250 giveaway went really really well to be uh, make sure we get that and get something given away. Yet, a make sure we subscribe to get to 500 subscribers. I think we're you know approaching it relatively quickly. And then make sure you're commenting on the videos below. We're going to be giving something away to a commenter. If you can't think of anything to say after we talk about some future cougs on today's episode, tell me uh, when you started playing basketball, if you ever did. Now we're going to talk about that today with a couple different recruits. We're going to kind of split the recruits in two different segments. In our first segment, we're going to look at. The basketball recruits coming in from Texas for next basketball season, JoJo Tugler and Cordelius Jefferson kind of work inward out. Uh, in our second segment, look at Jacob McFarland and Sed Lath uh, and kind of work, keep on working out from there. And then our third segment, and I'm kind of excited about this one, we're going to talk some about like what next year's team might look like with those dudes on it. Um, because Houston has done a great job of recruiting some big, strong, big men. And I think that leaves some stuff up in the air. But first, let's start with the guy that is closest to home in JoJo or Joseph Tugler. Tugler is 6'7", 220. And I have to admit, um, I've seen a lot of different reports on his wingspan. But if he's 6'7", I bet his wingspan is 7'4". I mean, it is it is visibly almost awkward looking how long his arms are, which in basketball is obviously a great, great advantage in passing lanes, deflecting, turning shots, finishing dunks, um, catching the ball, all kinds of things. It's a big, big benefit to him for. Um, He was the number three ranked kid in the state of Texas in the class of 2023. And he chose Houston over Kansas State and TCU. But admittedly, it looks like once he got that Houston offer, some schools kind of stopped talking to him. It seemed like a foregone conclusion in a lot of ways. Um, his length and leaping, uh, he's got explosive, broad, and vertical jumps. Um, all of that adds up to Tugler being this prototypical Houstonian big that Samson has built into such a like centerpiece, no pun intended, of the offense and defense. They have made a living in Houston under Kelvin Sampson over having not your prototypical NBA big by any stretch, right? Like the to show boy guy at Kentucky is not going to be a Houston guy, right? That's not who Houston brings in. Um, they find guys that are six, seven and long explosive, strong and aggressive like Tugler to then like be constantly moving. It's a little bit easier to move when you're six, seven 220 than when you're, you know, 
seven, four, 300 pounds, right? Those are just different things. Um, and so they bring in a guy like Tugler and I feel like he's going to fill in almost immediately in the J one Robert, uh, the Jawan Roberts will like Jawan Roberts will be here. We'll get that part in segment three, but they feel so, so complimentary and so, so similar to me that like, honestly, I kind of wonder if he'll get redshirted, not because he's not good enough to play, uh, be a one and done and go to the NBA, frankly, but because I just feel like there's a lot of repetitiveness in the, um, in the skills there. Right. I, I just, I wonder how that looks in the big picture for Tugler, but Tugler is just from Sky Falls. So if you're in the Houston area and looking for a good high school game, go find him and yell, go Cougs really, really loud. I'm sure he'll appreciate that in a lot of ways. Um, he'll be the tall guy with long hair dunking the basketball. <laughs> like that, that's, that's him. Um, he's hard to miss when you walk in the gym. He, he looks from a body type perspective, like a pro basketball player, six, seven long arms and fairly well filled out. Um, just up I-45 from Arlington Martin High School in the DFW Metroplex. Uh, Cordelius Jefferson, or Cordell Jefferson, is 6'3", 180 guard. Um, he chose the Houston Cougars over, <clears throat> sorry, over Tennessee, Mississippi State, and Ole Miss. A little bit higher recruiting profile for him. But at the same time, it felt like once he got matched up with Samson, all reports indicate he's very much a Samson type of guard. And by that, I mean he plays both sides of the floor very, very well. Um, he's ranked the number 13 overall player in the state of Texas and the number 18 combo guard in the country. I think it's interesting this is a combo guard after we're seeing the kind of offense Houston is running right now with Jamal Shedd and Marcus Sasser, both playing guards, both sometimes on the ball and sometimes off the ball. I think Jefferson uh, is kind of a little bit bigger guy as a high school kid than Sasser or Shed was, but that will fill in a similar role. And that feels really, really dangerous. Now, I think he's a very natural fit in the Houston system, as I mentioned, because he is a true two-way guard. Um, he's a sharp shooter, an assassin. I mean, there was one game I was watching and trying to put stuff together for on him where he dropped 40 points, and he's like, I mean, against SGP, a big high school program, and he's yelling, this Believe it's too easy, right? Like that kind of a guy with that kind of swagger and attitude. Um, and I've seen clips of him guarding all five positions on the floor in high school basketball for extended periods of time. Not like he got switched. Like if you know he's six three, if the other guy's best player is a six six post, he's got him. If their best player is a five ten guard that's got lightning quick speed, he's got him. If their best guy is a six three shooter. He's going from corner to corner with him. He does all the things that Arlington Martin needs him to do and is playing a winning brand of basketball because he's playing at both ends of the floor. Now, Arlington Martin is not, you know, if you're not familiar with uh, DFW High School, it's not the Duncanvilles of the world or or whatever out there. Um, it is kind of a team where he's kind of the only Division One basketball player on the floor in a lot of ways, and that means he's shouldering a big, big load up at Arlington Martin, and he's playing extremely well while doing it. His senior season's off to a great start. Um, You know, we'll see if they can get out of DFW. I think Lake Highlands has the number one kid in the country in class 2024 or something or whatever. Um, But watching him play individually, regardless of how the team success is, um, I think it's really, really fascinating to see just how, like, plug and play he may be as a guard. And as we're going to get to in the team segment and uh, the third part of this episode, um, 
I have to say that he may, of all of these guys, be the quickest to plug in play. And that's not to say that he has the highest ceiling. I'm not sure who I'd give the highest ceiling to. He might be him. Um, but I do think it's interesting that, like, honestly, they're going to need a guard to replace Marcus Sasser next season and might be Cordelius. Um, before we move into our second segment and look at a couple of big guys that are not from the state of Texas, let's talk a little bit about betonline.net. Now, betonline.net is your number one source for all things with sports betting info, uh, stats, news, analysis, you can get odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there from pro football to college basketball, whatever you want, everything in between. You can find it all at betonline.net if you love sports podcast which you've gotten this far, so I assume you do. You can find those at BetOnline.net as well. Head to the website today or use mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. As I mentioned yesterday, uh, I'm recommending that in both NFC playoff games, and if you want to parlay it, you can, I'm going to recommend that you take under the point spread. they got a seven-half point spread between uh, the favoring Philly over New York. That's the third time they played this season. I don't think it's going to be that, that far apart. And then... Admittedly, I think San Francisco is better than Dallas, but I also feel like I remember watching Dallas nearly come back and win that game last season, except for the, like the quarterback draw that took too long off the clock. Remember that play at the end of the playoffs last season? So I feel like that game's going to be very close. Well, it's three and a half point uh, spread right now. I'm taking to be under both those spreads. I, I think it's going to be closer games than both of those are indicated. But also, I was horribly wrong the last two things I told you to do. So maybe you shouldn't listen to me. But either way, you should go to betonline.net to place your bet wherever you want to. Because betonline.net is where the game starts. All right. So in looking at the non-local, uh, I, I guess Texas is what I'm saying when I say local kids that they're bringing in, let's keep on working out and look at Rancho Verde's Jacob McFarlane. Jacob McFarlane was a late bloomer in recruiting terms. He uh, really he had no D1 offers for most of his tenure throughout high school. And then in the summer before his senior season, kind of got on this Under Armour circuit and, you know, honestly played against Compton Magic, the team that's got had, had guys in the past, like the Mikey Williams of the world that go viral because they dunk a bunch and whatnot. And he played incredible in that game. Uh, I was nationally televised on ESPN. And when I say incredible, I mean like he's blocking shots off the backboard. He's catching lobs on the break. He's like making other division one athletes look scared to finish at the rim. I mean, he's got all of those things very, very suddenly kind of out of nowhere. And everyone's like, who is this guy? Um, Now, admittedly, he sounds like he'd been building his recruiting recruitment up a little bit to that point, but that was over the summer. And he, again, did not have a division one offer at the end of his junior season. So not a big time window there for him to pick this up. Part of that's California, uh, you know, not to go to the rabbit hole, but like California COVID rules and high school basketball was a little bit different there than it was instead of Texas and other places across the country. So he kind of didn't have his normal freshman, sophomore season. Um, but also he's kind of a late bloomer physically too. He's 6'10", 205. He chose Houston over Georgia and Wyoming. Those are his final three. He kind of made a big deal of the final three once he once he enjoyed the like talking to the staffs of both, all three of those places. Um, but at 6'10, 205, um, I we have a great strength coach. We have a great strength program. I've got a lot of faith in what they'll do with him, but I imagine he ends up redshirting. There's a lot of bigs on campus and a lot of bigs in his class coming to campus. Um, and so I imagine you'll see him in sweats a lot of his 
freshman season, kind of working out and being a part of the team and getting to be a part of the culture to then become the next big man. He's got the instincts for it. Absolutely. Again, I mentioned the way he feels to lay on the break um, for a big is tremendous. End to end energy is great. Um, he's aggressive with his defense and that's a big, big thing. Samson likes, but on the whole, I, I do have to say that six ten two hundred five is a little bit thinner and he, you know, no shots fired on purpose, but he looks thinner than that just visibly. And I, and I know that it's part because he stretches out so long. Um, but I worry about what that will look like battling big 12 bodies down low. Um, these are gonna be, you know, 22 year old grown men in a lot of ways. I mean, still college kids, but grown men in physical form. Um, and I just worry about the beating that'll take down low on the block for him. And so that is to say that I imagine he ends up redshirting, not because he won't be good enough, um, but because he's just he's one of those guys in high school, it's going to be a little bit more of a project. Um, I will say he appears to be the right kind of kid to come to Houston. Um, the things he liked about Samson were that like he did not beat around the bush. He was like, you're going to have to work for your minutes, but we think you can work for him and earn them. That was a big plus to him. And that's a big plus to me. If a kid is openly and accept that, that is awesome. What I'll also say about him that I liked is that um, apparently the big selling point to him on his visit was the family-like atmosphere that Samson's built. Um, to me, that implies that he'll very quickly buy into those kinds of things. And so I imagine he's going to be a great culture fit. I just don't know if he'll play his freshman year because he's coming in with JoJo Tugler, a couple bigs already in the roster, and the other guy we're talking about in this segment, Big, Se- Big Sed Lath. Now, Sed Lath, Cedric Lath, is already on campus. He actually graduated high school early and uh, enrolled in January. He's spending the rest of the season as a, quote, red shirt, so he can practice the team and do all those things. Um, but Cedric Lath originally comes from the Ivory Coast. Uh, he then played high, played high school basketball. It's a little bit different system over there in Canada. Um, and then he has spent time in Nevada and San Diego in the States. Um before ultimately landing at Houston. That's a well-traveled guy that was playing soccer until age 15. Now picture this with me. Sed Lath is 6'10", 250. And I'm going to be honest, I think that's underselling it. I think that's an old measurement looking at him in person. And that's giant in basketball. And he was playing soccer until he turned 15. Um, he does have that kind of footwork. He's working on a lot of different things as far as like growing into a basketball player. He did not play organized basketball of any kind until he was 15. Um, and so he's also that raw kind of project. And that's why it's awesome that he's getting his redshirt season in now and practicing with this team. He's big and strong enough to bang with guys like Joan Roberts or Jairus Walker. But he's also like new enough to where like he needs to get the reps with Kellen Sampson. Uh, Kellen is obviously the associate, you know, head coach in waiting, uh, coach Sampson's son, but he directly works with the bigs in a way that most guys on the staff don't. He gets a lot of time one on one with the bigs in uh, pre practice, post practice, film rooms, et cetera. And getting all of that time with Kellen right now is only going to help him develop because he's no, I mean, it's just accelerating his growth in a lot of ways, right? He's not spending time with all of the, high school or middle school coaches that you know you go through because that's what you're going through growing up. He's getting the top end coaching right away as the only coaching he's getting at all. Um, he chose Houston over BYU, Texas, TCU, and UCLA. So power five programs um, for, you know, based on when he's going, going into college for big 12 programs because uh, BYU and Houston obviously joining very quickly. Um, and I thought was interesting is, is that, uh, well, two comments are always interesting. One from Samson is that he thinks 
uh, that Cedric will fit very well into his quote committee of bigs or committee of fives. And that's exactly kind of, he's like a different kind of puncher than Joe Tugler. Right? You're thinking Jojo Tugler and Cedric Lath as far as like boxers go, they're different kinds of boxers. They're going to hit you with different kinds of things. Tugler is long, springy, fast. Lath is big, strong, and bruising. Great feet. Don't mean to say that, but big, strong, and bruising. Those are two very, very different approaches to playing basketball. And both, you know, now teams have to be ready for because Houston's got four-star guys that can do both things. Um, I thought it was interesting because of the difference in their size that Lath compares himself a lot to Clint Capella. Um, now Clint Capella is an international player. Houstonian is known very well because he played for the Rockets for a long time. The better part of his career, I'd argue he's had some great gains, but not great years in Atlanta. But I do think the interesting thing there is like, while you know, bluntly I'd imagine Lath outweighs Capella by 40 pounds. Like he just a giant. Um, I do think it's interesting that when you start to think about the way that they play, that's actually a fairly accurate assessment. Lath is a screener that rolls the basket hard. When I think of what Clint Capella does really well offensively, it's just that, right? He is confident with the ball enough to pass, but he's not going to attack the rim for more than four feet out. He's just a rim runner lob threat offensively. And if that is what Lath is going to do, can you imagine being the help side defender trying to tag the roll and you got every bit of what, 6'11", 265 by next winter, rolling at you hard with no intention on doing anything else? I'm telling you, you might take the first charge. I don't think you're taking the second charge. That's just what I see coming as Cedric Lath, and that's how I see that rolling. Now, um, before we jump into the third segment, the third segment is going to be looking at like how these guys stack into the roster that could be next season. I do have to say that it is fascinating to me that Lath is already on campus, that this is a group of five, uh, or a group of four players and three fives, uh, three centers on the roster coming in. Um, and Lath is, I think, going to kind of get an edge up just in that he's coming to campus already. Now, Jojo Tugler can literally just drive down the road and get to campus as soon as he graduates high school in the spring. Right. I don't mean to say he won't enroll and have all the summer classes or that uh, McFarland or Jefferson will neither. I just think that it's cool to see the work that Lath is already putting on the staff. And frankly, the excitement kind of building in the building. Oh, man, he's one of us. Right. So. In our third segment, let's talk a little bit about what the um, what the roster going to look like next year because I do think it's worth like looking into how these guys all fit. Right, Houston's got another crazy high recruiting class for the U of H. Um, again, Jarris Walker just last offseason was the highest recruit to ever commit to the University of Houston to play basketball in the modern recruiting, recruit ranking era. Right, and now we're looking at like another series of very high recruits, and it's like. What will Houston do with all of these guys? Bluntly, in looking at the roster for next season, and if I'm projecting that only uh, Walker, Jarrett Walker and Marcus Sasser go pro, I think that's a big key factor here because there are some people that are saying Terrence Arsenault would be a second-round pick even with how little he's playing at Houston this season. And while I agree that he'd, he's got pro potential and would probably be a pro player down the road if he just goes and he makes the, you know, two-way contract in the second round and he works his way up or whatever. I don't know that's a guarantee that he takes it. Um, so I'm assuming he's staying. I'm assuming Tremont Mark is staying. I'm, assume, I'm assuming Jamal Shedd is staying. Okay. Um, they have Tremont Mark and Jamal Shedd have a little bit less options, right, as far as going pro goes. Um, 
As you look at it, Houston has one, two, Nine players on next season's roster either signed or already on the building, assuming no transfers happen, that are in the top 15 recruits ever to commit to the university itself. That's wild, right? If you're that literally means as far as high school prospects go, if you were to pick a dream team of 15 guys, nine of them are the dudes on campus next fall, right? That's nuts. That's the kind of program that Samson's built, right? Um, the other thing I think is interesting here in looking at this is that they kind of already have some natural fits, right? Tremont Mark will kind of be a two guard, three, somewhere in there, right? Jamal Shedd will be the point guard, bringing it up. Terrence Arsenault will be the starting two guard. If not, Emmanuel Sharp will be, and vice versa, will be the six man, right? Boom. Um, I imagine Jawan Roberts is starting five, although I could see him be moved to the four because Javier Francis is the starting five. So let's say that you're starting five. That's returning five guys that play key minutes for the number one team in the country the next season. I think that's pretty stinking Big 12 ready, don't you? Right? I mean, don't kind of what I think, right? Um, then off the bench, you'll bring in Ramon Walker. I think he'll stay. It sounds like the things that he was working through are worked out. Um, I imagine Cordelius Jefferson plays kind of a com- combined role of what Emmanuel Sharp and Terrence Arsenal are doing this year. Um, and he may elevate himself very quickly because there is no Marcus Sasser in the mix to work through. I don't know. Right. Um, but I imagine you see a lot of Cordelius Jefferson off the floor next season. Um, then again, I think that Jacob McFarland will be uh, redshirted. So you might not see him as much, but you will see Jojo Tugler coming in. I imagine if you start Francis and Jawan Roberts, I, I imagine that makes Tugler the first big off the bench. Now I could be wrong. Tugler could beat out one of those guys for a spot. And then you have like Roberts and Tugler or Tugler and McFarland or whatever. Um, I don't know if that's what I would do, but I guess theoretically that is also possible. And then Cedric Lath is kind of your wild card changeup when you were playing these big 12 bigs right guys they're gonna dig into like when you go up there and play kansas right they always almost always have some like sixth year guy that's been there since you know since the bush administration just running around with his shoulders out and chest broad his bench presses a volkswagen beetle right those kinds of guys um you got you've got tugler who can like play the four with said late underneath it having cedric late there as a wild card to throw in the kind of situation thing will be really really important Meanwhile, that's a like solid Big 12 basketball team without talking about a single transfer in the summer, a single transfer in the portal after the season's over, a single other addition. Just between guys on the roster and people signed next season, they've got a roster built to compete to win the Big 12 between guys like Arsenault, a four-star kid at a high school with a year in the Samson system under his belt, um, you know, uh, Emmanuel Sharp, let me pull it up to make sure I'm not misspeaking here, was also, yes, also a four-star kid. Cordelia Jefferson, also a four-star kid, right? They've got four-star guys in the backcourt. Jamal Shedd is going to be an All-American Athletic Conference player as well. We've seen what he's done. And so assuming he doesn't take a European basketball gig or something, he'll get paid to play. And if he can make money, go make his money. I'm saying not to. Him running the show as well is going to be phenomenal. Uh, Chamon Mark, for what it's worth, is also a four-star kid at a Dickinson High School, a little bit, little bit closer than Cordelis. But that back and forth there, um, they both have length. They both have size uh, at the guard position, that is. And frankly, 
they both kind of have that swagger to them. I can see that being a fun back and forth with them both at practice and then on the same team in games. I am very like this year's Houston team is the best team in the country. I'm not saying that they're not. I'm very excited about next year's Houston team because after doing some study, it's very clear to me that they're going to be big 12 ready and a conference that has put out Kansas won the 2022 national championship. Baylor won the 2021 national championship. There was no 2020 national championship and Texas tech played into overtime for the 2019 national championship, right? That same conference Houston is about to enter and is more than ready to take over on the basketball floor. Sorry, my voice is kind of escaping there for a second. Getting choked up. Not really just losing my voice, but if you're not talking about all things, Houston Cougars, we're getting ready for next basketball season. Find me at, Painsworth 512, P-A-I-N-S-W-O-R-T-H-512 on Twitter and Instagram. We have to talk all things Cougs all the time. Football, basketball, recruiting, current guys. We can talk history. I am a history teacher. I know about history as well. So make sure you find me at Painsworth 512. I'll talk Cougs, Rockets, Astros, Texans, Sneakers, whatever you like at Painsworth 512. Uh, thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. If you're looking for a second listen of the day, let me recommend Locked on College Basketball because Andy and Isaac do a great job over there. They also are very kook friendly in a way that not all of the national media are. So shout outs to Andy and Isaac. Make sure you go check out that show as well. Locked on Cougs, proud member of Locked on Podcast Network. That means your team, on our case, the number one team in the country, maybe this year and next year, every day. Go Cougs.